0: Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio, talk, radio show. talk Show.
1: All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for February the 13th in the year of our Lord 2021. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law, land, the constitution for the United States of America as our guide. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. We believe the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. Welcome to the broadcast. We are live six days a week. On the seventh, we take a rest. All right, a quick recap of yesterday's broadcast is in order. We had our guest on, Mr. Lowell Nelson, Campaign for Liberty.org, Ron Paul Institute.org. We talked about Senator Mike Lee forces the Democrats to correct the record. Faults impeachment testimony, Bob Under WND.com with the piece. And I guess what happened is that uh, they lied about Mike Lee and they claimed he said this and that about Trump and he didn't say it and there's no other witnesses and Mike Lee says that's a bogus lie and they were forced to retract and they didn't want to because it got egg all over their face. Kind of inconsequential though because the Democrats have been lying all over the place. Democrats blunder over, in, uh, over a tweet of the impeachment hearing, they inappropriately changed Calvary to Cavalry. Author Jennifer Lawrence contends they did it on purpose. Um, Do you understand that A let's see, let me get this right. Calvary, I guess is a a, a prayer, right? It's an attempt to uh, turn towards Jesus Christ. That's a prayer visual. Do you understand the difference between cavalry and cavalry? One's riding in on a horse, the other one's kind of a prayer idea, and well she went to the Capitol and they were involved in a prayer event and the Democrats changed it. How do we know they changed it on purpose, you say? Because not only do they do that, they changed her account. Her account doesn't have a blue check mark on it. She says, I'm not that popular. But they put a blue check mark on the account of hers they put on the screen. Because if you put a blue check mark, it's kind of a certified Account has greater, quote, legal ramifications. Very interesting statements there. But they got caught with Mike Lee. They got caught with her. It gets worse. Why? Because Jonathan Turley, they said he believed in this, um, you know, backwards or whatever you want to call it, look back impeachment idea. Uh, And he says, you know what? You guys, I talked about this 21 years ago and you act like it's recent. You're lying. This is bogus. Um, By the way, if you guys are going to, you know, take my comments out of context from 21 years ago and pretend they're relevant or, uh, you know, recent, then why don't you take my pictures when I was thin from 21 years ago and use those as well? He mocks them at their own game. Uh, Don't impeach Trump. Impeach the deep state for its conspiracy to kill the Constitution, says John Whited. Let's impeach the deep state. And let's uh, impeach these government operatives who literally are trying to push us towards a Civil War. They've got to be stopped, says John Whited. Man, John Whited, good guy. The impeachment trial is motivated by hate, not by the law. Matt Staver, Liberty Counsel. South Dakota legislature may um, rebuke and review Biden's executive orders. Uh, They may just say, you know what? Not in our state. I pray they do that. South Dakota's doing a better job than almost any other state right now, at least when it comes to the Constitution. Deaths of the elderly who recovered from COVID-19 but died after taking the vaccine raise lots of questions that nobody's willing to talk about or answer. Cuomo admits they hid nursing home data so feds wouldn't find out about it. Got caught doing that. And what's funny is Cuomo was the one that mocked, what, Ron DeSantis of Florida saying, can we trust his numbers? Now Cuomo um, (coughs) fudged the numbers, afraid of what the government would do. Uh, Bottom line is uh, now there's both sides of the aisle asking for the resignation of Cuomo. I would have asked for his resignation a long time ago on on different matters, but there you have it. Anyway, study finds the CDC inflated the numbers by 1,600%. And they say they violated federal law multiple times. Hour two of Liberty Roundtable Live. We had our guest on, Dr. Scott Bradley, to preserve the nation is his goal. His website, Freedom's Rising Sun. We talked about what we've learned and why we will still dig USA Today. And they pretend they're getting to the bottom of the riots, but they're really protecting Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and the liberal side of the equation. A contrasting article is in The New American. Who were the vandals? C. Mitchell Shaw, The New American, great article that breaks down the criminality of the left, the Antifa, the Black Lives Matter, uh, the rioters. They were not all Donald Trump supporters. You were lied to by the media, and now the evidence is coming out. They won't admit it, but facts are facts and videos. Video and truth is truth, and arrests are arrests, and ties are ties, and money trails matter. Ron Paul says, reset to what? There's so much talk lately about the big reset. We better not reset. We'll have a tyranny on our hands. There's an ill wind in the land. Solutionless. turn our hearts to God, family, and country. Courage is contagious. You know, Scott Bradley's wife is the one that said that. There's an ill wind in the land. There's no doubt, ladies and gentlemen, that evil is prospering at an alarming rate. And when good men do nothing, evil prospers. We better stand up and get involved and turn to God and promote family and country. And we better do it fast, I tell you what. The Fraud of Climate Change and the Drive for Control, American Policy Center, AmericanPolicy.org. Yeah, they are going to push the environment to the brink, that's for sure. All right, that's a, qu- a recap of yesterday's broadcast. Still available online at LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word. News the networks refuse to use today. And By the way, we're live six days a week on the 7th We Rest. News the networks refuse to use today starts now. And, man, I just got back last night from an incredible event at Liberty Hall. We had a Valentine's dinner. It was delightful, delicious food, incredible entertainment. And uh, Kate Daly was one of the key speakers, fellow talk show host. (laughs) Man, she's a a gifted speaker, I'll tell you what. Sheriff Mack, welcome to the broadcast. You know Kate Daly, right? I don't think so. Hold on, let me pop you up here. Yeah, Kate Daly is a syndicated Fox syndicated talk show host. Uh, the Kate Daly Show, I syndicate her show along with many others. Uh, and um, she's from St. George. You've been on her show before.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Kate Kate now as soon as you me. said St. George, yes. I yeah. sure
1: have. Anyway, uh, Kate Daly was the speaker of last night's event. It was a, a focus on the new program they have, Lo- Li- Loving Liberty Ladies, is the tab on the LovingLiberty.net website. And it's a whole new program to have ladies educate one another and their children about the principles of liberty. It's an incredible... Um, Partnership with the Constitution or with the, um, oh, what is it? Constitutional Studies? What's it called? The Center for Constitutional Studies. Oh, That's
2: what it's called.
0: Yes, right.
1: Anyway, uh, and, and they got an incredible partnership and a new program. If you go to that tab on the lovingliberty.net website, um, look for the Loving Liberty Ladies, then you could download a lot of the lessons on that for free. Very cool stuff going on. So they released that new program and they had Kate Daly speak and they had a a couple of other ladies speak and sing and promote that program. It was entertainment. It was great program, man. We had good food too, Sheriff. You would have liked it.
2: Oh, I'm sure I would have loved that part. Yeah. No, I would have loved the whole thing, though. I didn't want to. Of I wouldn't have. In fact, I've been wanting to have a, a kind of a, a training seminar there.
1: Hey, we can work on that. We can make that happen. I'll tell you that. Anyway, Liberty Hall is a wonderful place. Now they got a George Washington statue there, and it's a replica of Liberty Hall. It's just, it's really cool, man. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, and we also ought to talk about. Speaking of that, let's let's focus for a couple of hours on the Constitutional Sheriff's and Peace Officers Association, because yeah. from time to time we, you know, talk about where you're traveling, what you're doing. Uh, you know, we make references to what we're doing behind the scenes and and, and talk about it on the radio some, but not near enough. And so I want to take today really and make this broadcast about the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. And the quick summary to kind of get us rolling is, you know, Sheriff Richard Mack was an average cop. In fact, he was—he calls himself a jerk cop. Uh, <laughs> and, and he learned to understand, though, about people's lives and really, you know, the, the heart of Richard Mack kind of came to the forefront. He said, you know what, why am I treating people like this? There's a better way. It went, and he went on a quest to find a better way. And in doing so, he discovered the Constitution, he discovered his oaths of office, or his oath of office. He discovered his, um, his relationship with the public really, and realized it was different than he had understood before and different than he had really been taught. And it changed him. Uh, and he changed as a police officer. And then he also went and ran for sheriff and by golly, strange enough, he won shockingly. Uh, you served what? Two terms as sheriff.
2: Yes. Eight years,
1: eight years, two terms as sheriff. And he, uh, in my opinion, set forth a legacy never to be forgotten uh, in his two terms as sheriff. He uh, not only won, stood up for our right to keep and bear arms and beat Bill Clinton at the Supreme Court. That's pretty noteworthy. Bill Clinton said he was going to toss the good sheriff in jail and it didn't work out that way. Because you know what? There's this thing called the law. Just so um, (laughs) Bill knows that. And uh, I digress except to say that he also learned a valuable lesson about how to how to treat people, how to deal with people that you completely disagree with, right? And and that was a very uh, interesting quest for the good sheriff. And uh, he wrote a lot of books along the way. He went to the Supreme Court along the way. He was a sheriff. And then after uh, he ended his sheriff's ship, is that a word? It is now. (laughs) After he ended his sheriff's ship, uh, he's been writing books and educating people across the country, the public about the role of the sheriff and educating sheriffs about their oaths of office their duty and how we can all work together for peace and prosperity in the greatest country on the face of the earth and we'll dig in further in seconds with a good sheriff richard mack cspoa.org on your radio
3: Getting the kids to school, cleaning the house, doing the laundry. It seems that the work routine as a stay-at-home mom is never ending. And even though I'm a prime grocery shopper in our family of four, I simply don't have time to scrutinize all the labels on the countless food products I buy. Oh, sure, I've noticed all the latest certification seals. Organic, non-GMO, gluten-free. It definitely seems to be the latest craze. But it was only recently that Kosher certification seals caught my attention. You see, my husband had me download an app called Kosherify, and it shed light on a century-old certification in that slipped under the radar screen from the majority of our public. I also noticed a question mark at the end of the app name, and that makes great sense as there's far more questions regarding this industry than answers. In fact, the developers refer to this as the Kosher Question. Sure, I'm a busy mom and didn't pay attention to our food culture, but now I have transparency, a convenient grocery list feature, and the ability to eat in favor of my family's best interests. And you can discover it too at thekosherquestion.com.
4: I have a question. Can a nation conceived in liberty carry its head high if it denies protection to the youngest and most vulnerable of its citizens? Can a country founded on God-given rights continue to thrive without understanding that life is a precious gift from our Creator? I believe that great nations and great civilizations spring from a people who have a moral compass. I don't think a civilization can long endure that does not have respect for all human life, born and not yet. born. I will be in earnest. I will not equivocate and I will not excuse. I will not retreat an inch and I will be heard. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life.
1: All right, back with your life, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm telling you, the good sheriff wrote a lot of books along the way. And he most importantly has traveled around the country speaking and educating two groups primarily, the public, we the people, and sheriffs. Sheriffs and public officials, et cetera, about their relationship to one another, about their roles, their duties, and most importantly about the oath of office and about the proper role of government in relation to the incredible checks and balances that exist across the country. That's been literally his life's quest for, let's see, how long would it be the last, uh, after being sheriff, 25 years?
2: Yes, it's it's it started right when uh, I started the uh, lawsuit, which was 1994.
1: And your knowledge in, in waking up as a police officer started what, in the early 1990? 90,
2: 90, 83.
1: 83 is when he woke up as a, as a uh, constitutional advocate and when he kind of understood who he was and what his relationship to the public would be uh, as a public servant uh and so very very interesting career 83 93 103 113 30 what seven years kind of a thing
2: <laughs> yeah i st- well i st- uh, yeah but I, I started in law enforcement at provo uh while i was work- working my way through college so i was a meter maid uh, in 77 and then uh graduated from BYU, and then I I went home for a year, worked at a local college, and then came back and started my uh, full-time police career in 1979. Wow. And then then I got converted to the Constitution in uh, 83.
1: And it's been a heck of a ride, to say the least. I don't know if my summary is very adequate, but I don't want to spend too much time on the history because... That's a lot of what your presentations are about. You do a very good job with PowerPoint presentations, kind of really getting people into your, your head, your heart, your mind, uh, what was happening, helping people kind of understand the context and the narrative and the relationships uh, that changed your life and the support that you had along the way. And uh, Anyway, it's a, it's a riveting story, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, we ought to make a movie about it. But I digress. I want to talk now about the events and the seminars that we've literally done over the years. I've been involved in most of them. Um, uh, they've been really incredible events. And I, and I want to say this on the onset, every event we've done, we've felt the hand of almighty God in our events from the raising money to the planning, to who can attend to when we get there, what happens in the feeling of Liberty in the room, uh, all the way through to the post uh, event breakdown of, Hey, how do we do? What can we do better next time? You know, the, the spirit of the Lord, you could feel it as we work on this stuff, And that's why I stay involved, Sheriff.
2: Yeah, that's a very true statement. It's been very uh, spiritual. Uh, It's been very patriotic. Uh, You could feel the spirit of freedom, which is the spirit of God at every one of the events. Uh, They've been very heartwarming, and uh, they've been very motivational. And... uh, the. And and I have to keep going back to this, the first one especially, uh, the miracle of raising $120,000 to pay for the airfare and hotel for every single sheriff from all across the country, which was right about 95 sheriffs. And we still have a picture of that. In fact, that picture just came out in our new pamphlet uh, where there's about uh, 55 sheriffs. Not all of them uh, participated in the photo, uh, but... uh, uh, I love that photo and and uh, it just brings back fantastic memories of of literally bumping into each other and and uh, s- several people commented to me i f- uh, I felt somebody bump into my elbow or my shoulder, and I turned and nobody was there. and I swear it was a founding father. And uh, <clears throat> I had that experience personally, uh, and it it literally brought a tear to my eye. And uh, several people commented uh, that this was the most uh, spiritual and patriotic meeting they'd ever been to. And these are people who've been in the Freedom Movement for for their entire lives, just about. And uh, it, it was uh, amazing. But, but still, that is uh, the, the Spirit has been in the room. The Spirit of Freedom, the Spirit of the Founding Fathers, the Spirit of God uh, we're, has been in every room that we've had those but I haven't had the experience of bumping into somebody and then that somebody not being there when I t- turned to look to see who it was, and and that I totally felt that it was a founding father. That I think I've had that twice. I think it happened in uh, Saint Charles, and but I know it happened at the first one in Las Vegas.
1: Right now, let's talk about the Las Vegas one for a second. And uh, you know what? If you look for. Sheriffs will be backed by Americans, Sam Bushman. You'll find my speech at that event. My speech was only about 10 and a half minutes long. Uh, But I submit to you that that speech really relates to the relationships that the public can have with the sheriffs. And uh, I think that's really important to understand who we are as people. Look, the sheriffs are elected and work for us. That doesn't mean, mean we need to treat them unkindly or inappropriately. Uh, it also doesn't mean that they can lord over us. There's a balance there that we need to work hard to achieve. But the reason I focus so much on the Vegas event, Sheriff, is because it really, um, before that, a lot of work had been done, but that kicked off a an escalation of our training and our efforts. Um, I don't know if the right word is escalation, but it was certainly a kickoff. It was taking the CSPOA, the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, CSPOA.org. It really launched us to the next level. And what I find fascinating about this is several things. One, the feelings in the rooms uh, that we go to and where we train and everything else. But in Vegas, we took a gamble, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, You know what's interesting? In this gambling mecca, we took a gamble on America saying, you know what, we're going to go across the country, we're going to pray hard, we're going to work our guts out, and we're going to see if Americans will back sheriffs. Will they put in the money that it takes to do the training all over the country? Will they put in the hard work, blood, sweat, and tears to make all this happen? Will we learn to de-escalate the role of the sheriff uh, when it comes to uh, relationship with the people, but escalate or advance uh, the sheriff's understanding of his oath of office and his ability to erect the barriers? and rely on the checks and balances that our founding fathers were so well-known for and gave their lives and their sacred fortunes for. Will this happen? we took a big gamble back then to even have that event, sir. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, it was. It was a big—oh, boy, was it a gamble. First of all, we decided to try to do it within about two and a half months. And uh, we literally started in uh, November and got it all ready by— January thirtieth, I believe, is that's the yes, day sir, we. Yes, the thirtieth
1: and thirty-first.
2: Yeah, and so uh, we we, we can even say we put it together in three months. Uh, okay, so let's say three. So maybe we started at the end of October, but once we really got going, it was the first part of November, and and uh, we had so many people volunteer to help, and uh, they did, and we asked others to join with us, uh, and we got it all organized. And uh, everybody came together. And then after the event, <laughs> there were splinter groups that wanted to take over doing uh, events after that. and A couple of ladies that were on the committee that uh, kind of fudged on a few things uh, tried to s- steal, the, s- steal the entire CSPOA. And they sent letters and emails to sheriffs all over the country saying that uh, we had been dissolved and that they were starting to a new one, and then another splinter group uh, said they just wanted to take over doing uh, the seminars from then on. And and I, and I just told everybody, I just said, hold, wait a minute, wait a minute. We just had this amazing miracle. And everybody admitted that. Everybody, even the splinter groups, and, and some of them were being dishonest about it. Uh, all of them uh, said that the event was such a miracle and so praiseworthy, and, and praise God for the whole event, and and, and I just said to everybody, look, we just came through an amazing miracle. Why don't we just try to see if we can do another one before we start all this splintering and trying to take over stuff? And, and, uh, but anyway, uh, nobody really listened. And you and I and others just went back to work and did another event uh, the following September. And uh, it was fantastic. But several of our people that w- worked on the first one, we never we never worked with them again.
1: And here's what's fascinating. You know, we've done a lot of smaller trainings. I'm going to call them uh, state or regional trainings. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the two biggest events we did were the Vegas one and the St. Charles um, outside of St. Louis, Missouri uh, event. Right. right. Uh, that one was a huge one. And now we're about to kick off another one, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I shouldn't say about. Uh, We're kicking off another one that you probably haven't heard of, but it's happening in Texas, just outside of Houston. Uh, And it's happening on February the 26th and the 27th. We've already got it up and rock and rolling. It's already up on the CSPOA.org website. Check it out. The public can attend on Friday. It's a two-day event. And uh, we got a lot of great speakers, a lot of... I want to talk about all this, folks. And I want to talk about the details. We're going to spend both hours on this, ladies and gentlemen. This topic is worthy of your focus. CSPOA.org. I'm Sam Bushman. Richard Mack. Riding shotgun on your radio.
0: Exposing corruption. Informing citizens. Pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA
5: Radio News. Former President Trump's impeachment trial could come to a vote this weekend. The Senate meeting today to call witnesses and hear closing arguments. It doesn't look like Trump will be convicted. Texas Republican Senator Ted Cruz telling Fox
6: News this week why he'll
5: vote to acquit.
6: The House managers, they have not proven their case. To prove their case, they have to demonstrate that President Trump committed a high crime or misdemeanor. That's the constitutional standard. And what they've attempted, what they've alleged in the articles of impeachment is incitement. In two days, and 16 hours of presenting their case, they haven't come remotely close to demonstrating that President Trump's conduct violated the law, that it constituted incitement. Defense
5: lawyers yesterday calling Trump the victim of a political witch hunt fueled by the Democrats' hatred of him. A moment of unity after Friday's impeachment process. Capitol Police Officer Eugene Goodman awarded the Congressional Gold Medal for leading protesters away from the Senate chambers the day of the riot last month. This is USA Radio News.
7: For 3 years you've heard me talk about my pillow and the my pillow premium pillow and how I get the best night's sleep of my life how they don't go flat they are washable and dryable, and made in the USA. And it continues the My Pillow Premium Pillow Special for Mike Lindell. A standard or queen size premium My Pillow, twenty nine ninety eight. You're saving forty bucks. King size pillows only five dollars more. Sixty day money back guarantee. Ten year warranty. Made in the USA. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use my promo code USA, or call 1-800-951-8175. And while you're at MyPillow.com, check out all the deep discounts on all the other MyPillow products. MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use my promo code USA, or call 1-800-951-8175.
5: There are questions about just how many schools would reopen under the new CDC guidelines. The CDC yesterday unveiling a color-coded chart districts can use when deciding when or how much to reopen. New York Medical College professor Dr. Bob Lajita tells CBS News he supports the new guidelines.
6: This is a very good guide. I think at least in some sort of a guide. CNN, though,
5: reporting that 99% of children currently live in the chart's red zones, meaning areas where COVID transmissions are highest. The CDC recommends schools in those zones remain closed or offer hybrid learning. CNN also says less than 100,000 children in the U.S. live in blue zones where transmission rates are at their lowest and schools could fully reopen. New York State senators meeting Friday to discuss removing Governor Andrew Cuomo's emergency powers. Cuomo facing a backlash for underreporting COVID nursing home deaths. One source tells Politico it's almost a slam dunk the governor will lose the powers he has had for almost a year. The coronavirus leading to changes at the Australian Open Tennis Tournament. No fans allowed at matches until Thursday at the earliest due to a lockdown in the Melbourne area that started Friday night. This is USA Radio News.
1: live on your radio ladies and gentlemen six days a week on the sabbath we rest LibertyRoundtable.com, lovingliberty.net spread the word tell your neighbor hard-hitting talk at your fingertips absolutely live and on demand and free the good sheriff richard mack with me cspoa.org and we're talking about an event coming up on february the 26th and 27th friday and saturday it's going to be an incredible event just outside of houston texas and I, I just can't let go of the feeling in the room when you attend. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, let me just tell you this. Um, it, it, it shocks people because the feeling of liberty is so strong. Uh, when uh, people stand up and speak about the principles that made America great, about our responsibilities as Americans and sheriffs and police officers and local officials and the relationship we should have with one another, it's a synergistic event like you have never experienced. I'm telling you right now. And I want to say that even uh, our enemies sometimes sneak into our conferences and come to them. Uh, people in the media, people in the Southern Poverty Law Center, who knows where. We don't really care because we're not doing or saying anything that's that crosses the line anyway, okay? But what happens is they come at first with, a, with an agenda to, um, I don't know what you want to say, expose us, uncover what's really going on or whatever they do. Uh, and they leave going. Um, those guys are pretty good patriotic people. There's really nothing to report here, huh? And they half the time don't even do the stories they come with the intention to do. Sometimes they attack us, but most often if they really learn who we are, look the good sheriff in the eye, shake our hands, rub shoulders with us, and they really open their hearts, they leave different people. And they change their agenda most of the time for the reason they even come to the event in the first place, sheriff. It's amazing to watch.
2: Yeah, that's true, and uh, you're absolutely correct, Sam. Uh, we have invited everybody to attend. Any media who wants to attend are welcome to attend. Uh, we do have a, kind of some rules that you know they can't interrupt the proceedings and try to do interviews and whatnot uh, uh, while people are supposed to be in class. You know, Although they
1: can class, respectfully but, do interviews if they ask and they publicly, oh, yeah. you know, work with people, we'll set that up. We're not saying yeah. they can't do it. We're just saying oh, yeah. you can't do it disruptively.
2: And, and during breaks uh they can talk to whomever they want and uh they have a few times um most of them have not been coming to any of them lately cuz i think they've seen there's just nothing to see there that's going to be newsworthy or earth-shattering you know or they're going to well, And let me stop somebody. you there because right.
1: there's plenty that's newsworthy there's plenty that's earth-shattering it's yeah, not what they're in they're what looking their for. agenda is <laughs> of what they're looking for right. correct
2: right. Yeah, I mean, we wish because they would. really, everybody. if they would
1: tell the tale of what we're doing in America, if they yeah. would really talk about your Supreme Court case, one of the greatest Tenth Amendment cases in modern history, if they would really highlight the reality, it is incredibly newsworthy and valuable. And it would bring people together. and Maybe not unite everyone, but there would be civility like you wouldn't believe. Right? Okay, that, and that's really, in my mind, the story that needs to be told out of these.
2: Right. So anyway, I yeah, and, I uh, really feel that uh, if, they, if anybody would attend, I don't care, SPLC, uh, Democrats, uh, Rhino Republicans, uh, if anybody would attend, I don't believe they would leave there the same way, uh, especially sheriffs that are looking and saying, what should we do? What, what really is my job, and how can I better serve the people in my county? I don't believe anybody will ever come to one of these conventions and leave the same. No way. Oh, and you left something out earlier. Yes, you gave about a 12-minute talk, uh, and it was one of the best talks I've ever heard. Uh, and during that first convention, uh, the very first one that you did speak at, um you got the most resounding standing ovation I've seen in a long time. Certainly at that event, it was the most resounding. And uh, you really uh, kicked off uh, the this, this spirituality and the level of spirituality uh, and the focus that uh, really was so necessary for that first meeting. It, and it was uh, a key to the whole thing happening the way it did.
1: I certainly don't take any credit for being a spiritual giant of any kind, but I do know where to look for solutions. I do know where to go for peace and comfort and strength and guidance. And I think that's what we all need to take away from this. But I want to talk a little bit about the event and and what we do. So people kind of get an understanding of the events. What usually happens is we have speakers who educate one another on incredible topics that are necessary. Uh, We usually have an opening prayer, a pledge of allegiance. Sometimes we have a little bit of entertainment. Uh, and, um, you know, it's all mixed together. We eat together. We pray together. We, we, we debate and discuss together. Sometimes it's a, a roundtable of open topics where people can speak together. Uh, we, and we have different initiatives for our different events. So one uh, event we had is a uh, Constitutional Sheriff's and Peace Officers uh, resolution that we put together. Uh, We did that one time, and and sheriffs got the chance to weigh in, and constitutional attorneys and sheriffs partnered, and uh, the public had the chance to put some information in. I actually had a little small hand in some of it, too, and and we worked on and crafted this resolution uh, about the responsibilities of those whom we elect, Uh, and that went very well. Thousands of people signed that resolution, Uh, and really it was the crafting of it and the education that went along the way of the crafting of that that really benefited sheriffs that time.
2: Yeah, yeah, no question about it, and and we we saw though even after the first one, we saw a a changing of the guard, so to speak. We saw a change of attitude. Uh, uh, even people who weren't there, sheriffs that did not attend, the sheriffs that heard about it, and the the press that it got, and the attention that it got uh, within the the patriot movement in America, uh, really just it changed the landscape of the entire country in so many respects uh, especially sheriffs running for or sheriff candidates running for office uh, and and this has come up how many times in how many sheriff races across the country since then are you a constitutional sheriff will you be a constitutional sheriff when you are put into office uh, admittedly many candidates didn't know what they were talking about and But on the other side of that coin, many of those candidates started checking into it, and they started calling us, and they started calling you, and they started to find out what this was all about. And it, it has created uh, an atmosphere now across the country of, man, I need to know what it is to be a constitutional sheriff, or this other one. I need to say I'm a constitutional sheriff, whether I am or not, or whether they really understand what that means. <laughs> You know, and so. they also
1: have taken elements of that resolution. I'm telling you, it's a 10-point, I don't have it in front of me, or 8-point, 9-point, I don't have it, but um, resolution with some real incredible language that relates to the, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the relationships we have, and that's why I kind of spend some time talking about the public and and sheriffs and elected officials. And it talks about our relationships and our obligations and our duties, and what you see in a lot of these campaigns now is they're taking pieces of that resolution and literally making those uh, line items in their campaigns of things they'll do or things they won't do or et cetera. I mean, that's been amazing to watch too.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it has. And it, it, <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, we've we've come a long way and we've achieved a great deal, but it still seems like in so many ways we haven't even scratched the surface yet. And so that's quite the dichotomy because it, it has been a tremendous success in so many ways, but we don't have nearly uh, the amount of sheriffs that we need yet to, to make this thing work. And I was talking this week uh, with a, a sheriff from Massachusetts. He's been to at least one or two of our conferences before. I think he's been to two, uh, and pr- plus a press conference that we held for uh, – Senator Sessions, who completely turned his back on me after that. But anyway, uh, yeah, I lost a lot of respect for Senator Sessions, who was later the Attorney General of the United States. And I think he treated uh, Trump the same way he treated me, and that ended his job as AG. So uh, Tom Hodson uh, was the sheriff, and we were discussing this about how he's going to try to make it on uh, the 26th to uh, the Houston event. And I I say Houston, but it's called the Woodlands. Uh, and that's the name of the town where we're at the Woodlands.
1: Yeah. And it's the same Uh, thing with the St. Louis, St. Charles thing. A lot of people would, if you say St. Charles, well, there's a lot of St. Charles. Right. And people don't know where that is. And so if we say, Hey, the the one in Vegas or the one outside of St. Louis or the one in Houston, it gives people an idea, but you're right. It's in Woodlands, which is what, 15, 20 minutes away from Houston, depending on which airport you go to. Right. Right. And uh,
2: maybe, maybe 30 minutes. I've heard 25 minutes. I've heard 30. but
0: Depends on who's driving, Sheriff. Yeah,
2: it depends on who's driving. It depends <laughs> on traffic of the day for sure. But it, uh, Sheriff Hodgson said this. Uh, we were going through all these horrible things going on in the country. And in Massachusetts, sheriffs don't have a lot of police authority. And he said the sheriffs can stop all of it. All of the abuse in America... Related to COVID and anything else, he said the sheriffs can stop it.
1: And what you got to think of, vertical and horizontal checks and balances, erecting the barriers. Hang tight, the good sheriff in seconds.
8: As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage Schools advanced distance education program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org.
9: Scott Bradley here. And order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation.
1: Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, talking about important topics of interest. So we're having an event at the Woodlands right outside of Houston, Texas. And it's February the 26th to 27th. you want to learn more, you want to attend, you want to read up on it? You want to donate liberally, add zeros, if you will, to your donation? It's only zeros, ladies and gentlemen. CSPOA.org is the place to go. That's the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. CSPOA.org. You can become a member. It'll get you a discount on the attendance. And, you know, people are saying, well, why does it cost money? Because, man, we've got uh, expensive hotel stuff. You know, where do we have a place to gather? And and, and anyway, there's a lunch and a dinner, and there's live entertainment. Uh, And so... You really need to uh, be involved, ladies and gentlemen. This is an opportunity to learn and to grow and to rub shoulders with some of the best people on the planet, and the spirit of the room is incredible. And so, as I was mentioning, these events have themes. One time we focused on uh, a, an incredible resolution. This time we're focusing on what, Sheriff? What's the big push this time?
2: The push is uh, we've got to do more. We've got to raise the bar. We've got to take this to the next level. Uh, and because of all the horrible things going on in our country today, uh, time is of the essence, commitment is of the essence, and taking this further is, is essential, and we've got to do that. And uh, we've got to get more sheriffs, so the sheriffs that are going to be attending, uh, it will be, the whole thing will be, once you're converted uh, go convert your fellow man and your fellow sheriffs and and county commissioners and we're getting more county commissioners and other public officials to this one than we've ever had in at any other event we want county commissioners and and border supervisors and judges and uh, this will be the one time that we're we're having that more than any other conference and maybe it's just because it's Texas and everything's bigger there. I don't know. But and it's this because we want people to
1: understand the appropriate, as I mentioned right before the pause, this vertical and horizontal separation yeah. of powers. We do want the separation of powers, <clears throat> but we also want coordination, though. We want them to work together in meaningful ways, and they have a check and balance on each other uh, that's valuable, and we're working towards that. Now, when we speak of doing more, raising the bar, I agree 100% with that. And the reason that we need to do that is because, look, folks, Your rights are not like a book burning where we can just toss every one of them on the bonfire in the name of saving everyone from themselves. Okay, we have got to step back and say, wait a minute, rights are God-given. Natural law has consequences. And uh, we need to uphold uh, these natural laws. We need to stand by uh, these rights that are non-negotiable, inalienable. Okay, we need to really focus on these things. And, And I think sheriffs in the past have kind of been yeah, I'm the sheriff. Don't don't try to teach me anything. I I know what's going on. Uh leave me alone. I'm already a good guy, and they're right about that. <laughs> Where they may not be right is kind of like when the good cop tells, you know, says I was kind of a jerk cop. Where they're not right oftentimes is they haven't really taken the time to understand the origins of the greatest country on the face of the earth and the painstaking efforts that our founders went to and gave their lives and their fortunes and the sacred honors to this idea that we have these separations of power. So, Sheriff, you might be a great guy, but your oath of office, your role, your duty, your obligations, um, they're not negotiable. And it's important that you uh, not only become great at being a day-to-day police officer, you know, good at stopping crime and excellent at uh, keeping the peace and whatever. It's more than that. It's about understanding your oath. It's about understanding your duties. It's about appropriately carrying out the checks and balances uh, in a meaningful way. And a great example of that is, you know, George Washington became president, and then he could have been king, and he just walked away. And it's that kind of humility and that kind of understanding and that kind of dedication to the cause that we're looking for, Sheriff.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, uh, good point. And oh, We have, I think, done something. I I really want to focus on you a minute on all of this. Uh, because you're right about each one having their own signature and their own personality, if you will. And the, the uh, feeling in the room uh, was still powerful in each one, but even that was uh, different to varying degrees. And uh, we... Anyway, I, I want to focus on one thing for a minute, <clears throat> maybe to the top of the hour on this one. I, I'm not sure how long it'll go. But I think everybody needs to know your involvement in this and that uh, you've been uh, the most amazing volunteer that has stuck with us through uh, this entire thing, you and Tanya. Um, and, and Tanya has her own story that's amazing with this too. But I think your story with your involvement with CSPA Uh, needs to be told and needs to be out there uh, because you have uh, never been paid for your uh, involvement in this. And a lot of times you've never even been reimbursed for your travel expenses or for the other time that you've spent. And uh, I, I think not only is that amazing, but the thing of it is for somebody to stick with this for over 10 years in in a volunteer manner, mo- the rule of thumb on that is most volunteers won't stay very long if they don't really get some sort of something's in it for me. And what you and Tanya and uh, maybe just one or two others uh, volunteers, but I, I think you and Tanya are about the o- are the only ones that have really stuck through this since the very beginning. Uh, you're the only two. And I think it bears repeating. I'm not trying to embarrass you or anything else. What I'm trying to do is make a point. Is that you and Tanya have been converted to what we've been doing. You have seen firsthand the necessity of what we're doing but also the success of what we've been doing. And I think that has taken your conversion to what we've been doing to the next level and that you've never wavered one iota in participating with what we're doing. And what what I want every listener to understand is that your testimony of what we have been doing is, to me, one of the most powerful aspects of the entire CSPOA movement. Because you haven't wavered one one iota. I've always been uh, afraid and also expecting that you say, oh, I just can't do this anymore. Or, you know what, I've got a family to feed and I've got two jobs and i'm helping my kids and and so on and so forth and and uh by the way
1: all those things are true <laughs> I know, oh
2: boy do i know it and and the thing of it is you you not only have kids that really need other things going on in their lives you've involved about half of your kids in this or maybe more in what we're doing and what you're trying to do to volunteer to help uh, and so that, now he's got his kids volunteering to help.
10: <laughs> now, let me
1: let me tell you why this is so people understand a little bit of the story. The feeling in the room is what I've mentioned. And, yeah. and I want to add to that a little bit because you're right. You know what? We have put in a lot of hours. A few of my expenses have been covered, but I've put money and time and everything into this thing. And there's a reason why. And I want to be very clear. I, and number one, <clears throat> I have looked Richard Mack in the eye, and I've shaken his hand, I spent time with him behind the scenes when the going gets rough, all right, when the uh, media is attacking us, calling us terrorists, and everything else. I've been behind the scenes with the good sheriff, and I know what his heart is, okay? I know what it's like to deal with big money and have things uh, go south and, and people withhold money and, and, and different things, meaning... Uh, There was one time when PayPal basically yanked all of our funding. And thank heavens to a wonderful supporter who will remain nameless. Uh, But they saved the day. And I've, I've been through that tough times. I've been involved in contract negotiations. I've been involved in all these things. And the Lord provides, number one. I just want to be very clear. The Lord provides, folks. I've seen it time and time and time again. And I've also seen the heart of the sheriff. He's far from a perfect man. I know less than his wife about that. I'm just telling you that he, you know what, he's, he's human. He's not perfect. N- none of us are. However, he does have a heart of gold, and he is absolutely selflessly committed to this mission. And I don't do this to um, glad hand or to make somebody more important than they are. I tell you this because... It's that stuff that keeps volunteers like me dedicated because here's what happens. I go to an event and just listen to me. It's not about me being important, but I go to an event and I have sheriffs walk up to me and literally give me a hug and say, thank you for what you're doing. The education you guys are putting together is, has changed my life has. And my own sheriff at the time said, Sam, you know what? I was, I was with you. I believed in a lot of what you had to talk about, but I always had a little a, bit of hesitation. But when Michael Perutka came to the event and talked to me about pretend legislation and talked to me about, and he went on, and then he said, I'm 100% with you. It changed my understanding. It helped me realize my role and clarified what I'm doing. Thank you for putting this on. And they give me a hug. Now, let me just ask you people something. This isn't about Sam and people walking up to me saying I'm important. This is about this. How many times do you see an elected official come to an average Joe like me? Cause I'm a nobody, right? I mean, sure. I'm a talk show host and everything else, but, um, I'm, And they come up to me and they give you a hug and they thank you for the work that you're doing. When was the last time a public official walked up to somebody that's just the average Joe and said, thank you for educating. Thank you for teaching me. Thank you for all the work that you do. I've never seen it, Sheriff. And it isn't about me. I don't care if they're hugging me or you or Tanya or somebody else. What I'm talking about is when they humbly come to you and thank you for the service being provided, there is something there, sir.
2: Yeah, that's, a, that's another great point, uh, and, uh, another offshoot of all of this. But that's why I say, bottom line, is if you come to this event, you will not leave the same. Even if you come hesitantly, and sometimes even antagonistically, that you want to come there and see how wrong it is, uh, and you will not leave the same. And your good sheriff, uh, way back when, when he came gosh what ten years ago, eight eight to nine yeah, something like years that, ago? Yeah. Um, yeah, and his comment was one of the best ones I've ever heard uh, after he left. After he left, he said, uh, I came in, I was about you know 60 70 percent on board now I'm 100 percent on board, you know um, and 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 there will be some wavering on that afterwards, you know uh, but the thing of it is we want to start heading in that direction and we're undoing. Decades of brainwashing in in government, not just law enforcement, but in government nationwide, that we're just supposed to be following the rules and policies. And what happens when we get uh, so confused about policies and procedures and rule books is that the Constitution gets set aside, and we have forgotten the Constitution in this entire process. And the, the the oath of office and true service and defense and making sure our people have a place to turn. And we have maintained that. If the people have no place to turn for help and safety and liberty, then that will create a frustration that leads to violence. And we are doing everything we can to avoid that.
1: And that's why these public trainings and this education that we do across the country is peaceful in nature. It's about the proper role of constitutional government. It's about the supreme law of the land. It's about our oaths of office. It's about we the people working together and building relationships of trust. It's about de-escalating when necessary. It's about standing up when necessary. It's about all those human emotions wrapped up into who we are as the American people, ladies and gentlemen. And I, I want to take you behind the scenes next hour. Uh, the good sheriff gave me an assignment. I'm going to report back publicly on the radio about that assignment. What do you think? Should we do that? Is that crazy? Is that crazy? This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live, ladies and gentlemen. CSPOA.org, LibertyRoundtable.org, or no, LibertyRoundtable.com, and LovingLiberty.org.
0: Broadcasting Live. From atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, West. you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show.
1: show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the was refused to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for February the 13th, hour two of two in the year of our Lord, 2021. We're talking about the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association cspoa.org get get involved today become a lifetime member I am and highly recommend you become one as well and we're talking about the history of some of the incredible training events we've done across the country and we got another one coming up in Texas ladies and gentlemen yes yeah, just outside of Houston in the woodlands and uh, registrations required it is a public event on Friday it's a two day event. And it includes lunch and dinner, 99 bucks to attend per person or $150 if you're not a member of the CSPOA. So I don't even want to talk about the non-member fee. I just want you all to become a member, and then it's only 99 bucks. And we're going to have some entertainment in the evening from Palomino Moon, and they serve up some fine country, western, swing, and Hawaiian tunes, baby. CSPOA.org, for more information, we're going to have speakers. It's going to be an educational opportunity like you haven't, experienced before the feeling in the room is something to behold and uh you know we talked last hour about uh, me being a volunteer and like i say the reason i'm such a volunteer is because number one i've felt the feeling in the room and that basically goes deeper than any logical explanation that i can give you but it highlights uh, in my opinion what we're doing the feeling in the room really tells the whole story you begin to understand that this is beyond sam beyond sheriff mack Beyond individuals, uh, this relates to the freest country on the face of the earth and how to keep it so. That's what we're talking about. That's who we are. That's what we do. And so I volunteer and give my time and my love. Now, I've been paid richly. Uh, and it, the sheriff's right, not in dollars. But I've been paid richly in what legacy I'm leaving for my children, for the American people, and what I'm doing to affect change for good in a peaceful way. Let me say that again. I'm paid richly for the blessings that we receive when we train and educate and work together uh, for peaceful solutions. And the title of the event, I think, really kind of tells the story. The County Sheriff, America's Last Hope. That is the name of our events. It's also the name of the good sheriff's book. If you want to get a copy, uh, then go to the event. You can get a copy there. You can also get a copy at cspoa.org. I digress, except to tell you that, that you know, it's the, it's the efforts that we're making here. When we say the sheriff, the county sheriff, okay, we're making statements. Who is he? What is it? We're talking about an elected person. We're talking about in the county, one of the most local jurisdictions, governmentally speaking, we have America's last hope. We're talking about we elect that person and they serve us. And as the public servant, how do we develop an appropriate relationship with them? How do we help them keep their oaths of office? How do we support them in their responsibilities? How do we train and educate us, we the people, to understand what our role is? Look, you don't just say, hey, I elected you now, go do your duty, and now you're on your own. We the people, as I mentioned in my first Las Vegas speech, you know what? Sheriffs will be backed by Americans. Americans. Okay, our goal is to let sheriffs understand that we've got their backs when they keep their oaths of office, when they do what they have promised to do at election. This is really important stuff. So, Sheriff, as we develop these events, you mentioned this current event um, in the Woodlands, right outside of Houston, Texas, on February 26th and 27th. CSPOA.org to learn more about it, to get a flyer to sign up and everything else. Um, you mentioned that the topic is to really raise the bar. And it's because sheriffs are beginning to understand when they see what's going on in the country—the riots and everything else—they need the support of the people, sheriff.
2: Well, that's true, Sam. and it, we just—we've all got to make that connection and make that link between the sheriffs, the people, and the Constitution. Uh, and and maybe that needs to be the overall theme: <laughs> the sheriffs, the people, the Constitution. I like that, uh, but it, and that involves the churches and uh, the Black Robe Regiment and uh, who I just invited to attend also.
1: And by the and, way, that's part of my topics we'll get into in just a second. Believe it or not. Oh
2: yeah, and, and so and, and that's a natural one to to go to. But yeah, if if the if, if the people think that uh, we're going to get America back and we're going to take freedom back and we're going to get rid of all the abuse going on in our country today and they're just gonna be able to call the sheriff and say, hey, go take care of this, okay, see you later. No, uh, what did Jefferson say about that? The price of freedom is eternal vigilance, and the American people have not been vigilant. We have far too long trusted uh, these uh, government officials, uh, and they have taken that trust And they've taken the uh, leeway that they have and the flexibility that they've been given within their own uh, jobs and assignments, and they have taken it to such a corrupt level that their original job is almost unrecognizable anymore. And so it's really sad that that has happened, but we have not remained vigilant. That's that's a big part of this.
1: Yeah, behind the scenes, the sheriff, uh, you know, we have these brainstorming sessions and it's like, okay, we know what we want to do. We want to raise the bar. Sheriffs are starting to understand as they get more and more controversial uh, topics to deal with in their areas with rioting and COVID and masks and shots and all these different. It gets complicated for the good sheriff. And I I don't envy their position many times. It's tough. I understand all that. Uh, We pray for them. We support them. But I want to mention, though, that the, uh, when, when we're behind the scenes discussing these, uh, Richard Mack does not run this thing like, a, you know, he's in charge thing. He runs it like, hey, let's all, as brothers and sisters, brainstorm and come up with the best training the best topics and the best speakers we can come up with to drive home the points that we agree are, are necessary. So he says to us, he says, hey, you know what, why don't we come up with a bunch of topics and regroup and let's just, you know, hammer out our topics and then I kind of jumped in and said all right yeah good idea let's let's uh, bring our topics let's write down 10 of them uh, and then let's come back and see how many of us have the same topics i don't care if they're worded differently or whatever but or how many of us have similar topics and those can percolate to the top and so it's a very um i don't know what you want to call it flat organization where you know what we all participate in meaningful ways and he's got uh, sheriffs uh, involved he's got former sheriffs involved he's got public officials involved he's got uh, several, we, the people just average Joe's like me involved and, and we all come up with the things. And so I wrote this and I'm about to send this email out, by the way, Sheriff, I've, I've got it done. I did 12 topics instead of 10. That's cause that's just what I do. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so many good things to talk about. Really? And of course I can go on forever. Sad to say sometimes. <clears throat> anyway, I say, hi guys, Sam Bushman, 10 possible topics. For the CSPOA, you know, training event, February 26th and 27th uh, in the Woodlands. CSPOA.org to sign up for that. It's a free event. I say the following 10 ideas are in no particular order. But here they are. And I'm going to give them to you, Sheriff, and I want you to comment on them. A- and your thoughts. And, and, and I know you're working on your 10. And so maybe they they dovetail with some of the... First one is this. First Amendment. Freedom of speech. And freedom to assemble. And then I put a little kind of a, sometimes a little um, afterthought to kind of get the, the, the meaning that I've got, okay? Mm-hmm. First Amendment, freedom of speech and freedom to assemble. And then I say, attend church slash strip clubs. <laughs> and it's a little bit of a joke, but the point is, a Sheriff, why are people attending strip clubs and they can't go to church? What, what the heck's is going on around here, right? Yeah. That's, okay. that's one of them. And I think it's a critical topic because what are sheriffs going to do when people want it, when pastors, uh, when the Black Robe Regiment wants to go to church? Are they going to shut them down but yet let the strip clubs roll? Or is the sheriff going to go, wait a minute now? All right. Uh, Any any comment on that topic?
2: Uh, No. Uh, I think, well, maybe yes. Uh, uh, I think some people religiously go to strip clubs. So you can maybe... Both of them. No, sorry. Yeah. No. And by I the way, one remember.
1: church, said he was a, timber. he was a, he was a family friendly strip club. Yeah. So that he could uh, run his church. And he got up there and he took off his coat and he loosened <laughs> his tie. And he said, Hey man, now let's get to work. And talk about God. And, you know, so I, I joke about this, but it is an
2: interesting it, it, you discussion have to, for the sheriff. You have to joke sometimes Dad, because that is so stupid oh, it's and, and, and ridiculous that that has existed in this country. And it's, it's, With these corrupt officials, it's just standard operating procedure. So, all
1: right. last night was mentioning that in her speech. She's just like, you know, sometimes these bureaucrats and the laws they put together, you've just got to mock them. Yeah. To the point, you just got to get humor in here and mock them to the point where it's like, are you kidding me right now? And that can change the title loan, Sheriff. Peacefully, I might add. Right. Anyway, that's topic one. Again, these are in no particular order. Two is the Second Amendment's under assault, (laughs) and how are sheriffs going to deal with that? That's always been a strong theme for us, the Second Amendment, Sheriff.
9: Yes, yes.
1: And that doesn't really require a whole lot of comment on that one, but I I think it's something that needs to be focused on and addressed, especially with the Biden administration, and they're kind of suggesting they're going to take the gloves off and really violate our amendments. We need sheriffs to stand up with the Second Amendment. The next one is states' rights versus federal mandates, and this one really is going to be critical i think it's going to be the first time ever at our event this time we're going to start out our event with the sheriff sheriff richard mack and he's going to go through his complete presentation his whole history how he got there his supreme court case the whole bit and usually he just delivers part of his presentation but we found over the years how valuable it is for people to get the whole story and the whole story matters, and so we're going to kick it off with a complete presentation from good Sheriff Richard Mack, and then a Q&A afterwards, so we can explore the topic completely, but it's directly related to states' rights, the county sheriff's authority versus federal mandates. That'll be a big topic, so I got that one. We'll come back with more. Hang tight.
11: just like a credit card, or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org.
4: Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better having a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. And there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency.
1: I'm this very second writing some talk show hosts and seeing if they can attend the event. So, working while we talk here. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're talking about the topics at the CSPOA event coming up. Yeah, February 27th, 26th and 27th, cspoa.org to learn more. And uh, so the sheriff says, come up with topics, guys. So I did. Three states' rights versus federal mandates, pretty general topics, but yet some of the themes we've really carried forward. And oftentimes they just need a modern focus or twist with modern examples and reality checks uh, so that people kind of get it in in context of their lives and, and what they're doing. The next one is this. Forget the pandemic. Start thinking endemic. COVID may be with us permanently like the flu, writes the Wall Street Journal. Well, what are sheriffs going to do with that, and how can sheriffs help businesses stay open? All right, that, uh, we traveled to Minnesota on that very topic, Sheriff.
2: Yep, no, no question about it. I'm glad you put that one down.
1: And so it, it doesn't relate exactly to the endemic, whether it's cocoa or something else, coronavirus or something else. You know, what are sheriffs going to do in the future to make sure that people can actually... Uh, make a living, have their business open, not be molested and shut down by government mandates.
2: Yeah, and what do we do with the next uh, crisis of the day? And, exactly right. And as a matter of fact, they're already bringing in more.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So number five, honesty. So <laughs> there's discussions about new treatments that are available for the coronavirus. It kills ninety nine percent of 99.8% of the coronavirus. In just 48 hours, this treatment. Now you say, Sam, why are we talking about shares about a specific treatment? This treatment is an example, though. This doctor's getting blackballed and completely shut down. Now listen to me. This doctor testified before Congress about the evidence of this coronavirus-fighting medication called ivermectin. Very inexpensive. Other nations are doing it successfully. But there's a blackout about it in America. But believe it or not, Congress heard the testimony of the good doctor. Uh, and, and now this is a big battle. But here's the question. Are we going to still allow doctors and, and false narratives to be the order of the day? Because if we don't have an honesty discussion about the treatments for the coronavirus, and if we literally shut down businesses over this, and, uh, are we going to have an honesty factor? And how does that relate to the sheriff's duty? So it, it it's kind of that, you know, if we're going to say, yeah, you know what? This doctor testified before Congress with a 99.8% COVID killing in 48 hours treatment that's very inexpensive, but yet Congress hears about it. Other countries are successfully doing it and we don't hear about it, but they're going to force me to not only wear a mask, but then to double my mask and triple my mask and maybe not even travel anywhere, or do anything without a, a vaccination mandate.
2: Well, that's a key point right there. Hey, too. Let wait me... a minute now. Sheriff, help me, please. Yeah, let me interject something right there. Because first, the number one epidemiologist, I guess Fauci, came out and said, you didn't need to wear masks. Then he went, yes, you better have a mask. Then it was, the mask does not help you. There were billboards all over Arizona about that, Sam, that the mask doesn't protect you, but you're wearing it to protect your neighbor and everybody else. And that's why we do this together, because you wearing a mask protects somebody else. It doesn't protect you. Now it protects you and your neighbor, and you should wear two of them because that's even more effective in protecting you and your neighbors. And now
1: they're saying three's the charm.
2: Oh, my goodness. I,
1: I kid you not. I know it sounds laughable. It's just like, are you kidding me right now? It's kind of like strip club churches, but I'm just saying. (laughs) Right now, the next one that I have is very related, and and I mentioned it because I'm trying to break out a little bit of difference in focus, but it says federal government, state and sheriffs forcing vaccines, masks, executive orders, not legislative law. So you know what? The sheriff could say, well, the governor said so, but he's in the wrong branch for legislation, sheriff. Is this very hard to understand? I think not. But it relates to not only masks, vaccines, executive orders for whatever it be, lockdown, stay-at-home orders. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on. And, Sheriff, is that your duty to really just carry out the mandate of the governor? Are you really just going to say King George said so or King Governor said so?
2: Right. Very good point. I love that. Yes.
1: Or are you going to say, hold on a minute now, in my county we're not doing that. I get that it's a problem. I get that we can recommend masks and we can highly encourage masks. Okay, all that's fine. So, for example, if I see a place that says mandate a mask, I usually walk in without wearing a mask. When it says masks, we we please request you wear a mask or it's highly encouraged or whatever else, I usually put one on, Sheriff. Because it's their private property, and if they're going to ask me politely, then I can choose to wear it and go in or not. But if there's no force involved, I have respect.
2: Yeah. Uh, I had a meeting yesterday at Garcia's at the mall with uh, some other guys from Arizona. And uh, I, I asked the guy that he had signs that you have to wear one to go sit to your table, uh, to go sit at your table. And I said, look, do we really need to wear masks to, to do that or can we just come in? And he goes, normally, I, I don't say too much, but our boss is here today and I'd really appreciate you wearing it. We all four put it on. No problem, and we said I don't want you to get in trouble, and I don't have time to talk to his boss and explain everything to him how we don't have to wear masks, and I'm sorry, I wore a mask, didn't put it over my nose like I never do anyway, uh, but anyway, uh, we put them on, and uh, we protected that guy's job, and and uh, we sat down and never wore a mask again and, until we walked out.
1: So this one, the next one I have relates to this very point that I'm making about force versus, hey, let's all educate. You don't need to find me if I don't wear my seatbelt. What you need to do is just, you know what, educate me, educate me, educate me, you know, play with me, be patient with me, uh, talk to me, work with me. Eventually, I'll see the truth, and most people will voluntarily work with people if given the chance. So my next one says this, what can be done to create civility? Between the people and the sheriffs slash law enforcement, what can we do to create greater civility? Because right now, the blacks run from the cops and hate the cops. Right now, everybody's like, hey, the blue plague or whatever they say. I don't agree with any of that. Okay, I believe that, that, you know what, police officers in law enforcement have an appropriate, legitimate role in our society. And I think that we need to treat them with respect. But I also think they need to treat us with respect. How do we create civility or work towards greater civility between anybody in law enforcement and we, the people, there's ways to do that sheriff. And we really need to help sheriffs and and deputies and and, and public officials too. They need to learn how to work with us better. What they usually do is they grandstand and shut us down and don't show up or won't talk to us or won't meet with the people. And I don't want that kind of relationship. I want a relationship with the sheriffs. Like, Hey, we're brothers and I have a role and I'll carry it out. And you, I want to build that relationship because then, when the thugs come to my door from the Fed, the sheriff goes, "Wait a minute, this is Sam Bushman. I know him. Something's got to be amiss here. Something's not right." You know what? Let's just sit down at McDonald's and talk to Sam for a second. Because you know what? I know Sam. He's not violent, and I I want that kind of de-escalation and reality check in community, Sheriff.
2: Yeah, totally. And uh, the civility thing has, man, um, <laughs> what a key issue for the entire nation and, and, uh, civility and unity. Uh, I'm sorry, but I just don't see that coming from the Democrats at all. And I especially don't see it coming from Biden.
1: Amen to that. So civility is high on my list. How do we create civility? You know, we've got to work on it and I don't want to discuss the Democrat Republican thing you know, or the right left thing. I don't want to get into that because by the very nature of discussing that, you almost create the divide in the name of civility that you're, you know, it backfires. I want to just talk about we, the people, and the, the police officers. How do we develop a relationship of trust? How do we get greater civility? We may not agree on everything, right? But, but how do we develop enough trust to say, hey, I know the sheriff is my friend. Uh, you know what? When I was a kid, I was taught that if you need some help and you're out in society, look for a police officer. He'll help you. That's gone. Yeah. Okay. That's got to change sheriff if we're going to restore america peacefully that has got to change
2: yeah uh, amen to that
1: all right my next one what about the cspoa that's the constitutional sheriffs and peace officers association cspoa.org what about the cspoa partnering with the sheriffs creating a training program they could train the people to develop better relationships with the public, so we would create a program. How do we do that? What what can sheriffs do to make that happen? And I've got a lot of ideas of how we could build a training program, but I'd like to hear from sheriffs. What have they done? If they're silent on the matter, it's pretty telling. If they're like, "Oh no, wait a minute, we have a program already, and here's what we do," and, and then my response—you mean was,
2: have the sheriffs provide training to the public? Yeah. Oh yeah, good idea.
1: And we would support them because they're part of our association. We would support them with the training. Uh, kind of a guideline, a blueprint, a a support um, series of trainings that could help them carry that training out so that all the burden is not on them and so that it's consistent. Got a lot, ladies and gentlemen. What would the sheriffs think about that, huh? Man, oh,
9: man.
0: Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA
5: Radio News. Schools across the country getting with the CDC calls a long-needed roadmap on how to safely reopen. The CDC yesterday advising schools to follow a color-coded chart to know when and how much to reopen. The chart ranges from blue for low transmission rates to yellow, orange, and then red for the highest rates of transmission. Dr. Bob Lajita is professor of medicine at New York Medical College. He tells CBS News these guidelines are good for everyone. People relate to colors. They understand
6: if they're in a red zone, that uh, this is an area where virtual learning is probably a better idea than coming to school. Also good for the teachers who have been Um, very, very uncomfortable getting back to the classroom.
5: President Biden says the guidelines follow the best available scientific evidence on reopening schools. Some states easing COVID restrictions this week. Ohio lifting a curfew in place since November. Montana's governor ends the state's mask mandate. Also, New York City and Chicago opening up indoor dining at restaurants. This is USA Radio News.
12: Hello, this is Wayne Alaroot for our newest sponsor, Asset Strategies, or ASI for short. ASI is a precious metals powerhouse. They sell gold and silver. Never in history has there been a more important moment to buy gold and silver. ASI has been in business for 39 years. They've served over 20,000 clients and sold $5 billion worth of gold, silver, and precious metals with zero complaints. Last year, gold saw gains of 25%. Silver nearly doubled gold's performance. Now Democrats are in charge. Green New Deal, Open Borders, Free Healthcare for illegals, bail out broke cities and states. The debt is about to go through the stratosphere. The time to buy is now. The owners of ASI, Michael and Rich Checkin, have been my close personal friends for 16 years. ASI is the company I trust when it comes to buying and selling precious metals. Call now to receive a free consultation and a free one-ounce Silver Eagle with every qualifying purchase when you mention the Wayne Alaroot Show. Call 800-831-0007. That's 800-831-0007 or visit assetstrategies.com.
5: Former President Trump is the victim of a politically motivated witch hunt. That's what one of Trump's defense lawyers told the Senate yesterday during the impeachment trial. Attorney Michael Vanderveen says Democrats are motivated by their political hatred of Trump. The trial resumes today, but Republican Senator Ted Cruz telling Fox News this week the outcome is not in doubt.
6: The end result of this trial is obvious to every single person in the room. President Trump is going to be acquitted. In order for President Trump to be convicted, it takes 67 votes. There is no chance whatsoever there will be 67 votes to convict him. All 100 senators know that. The House managers know that. Everyone in the room knows that. Witnesses could be called today. If
5: not, then both sides would proceed with closing arguments and possibly a vote. A shakeup at the Lincoln Project. Co-founder Steve Schmidt announcing last night he's resigning from the group made up of anti-Trump Republicans. Schmidt says he's stepping down from the board to make way for a woman to better reflect our nation and the group's movement. Co-founder Jennifer Horn resigning last week. This is USA Radio News
1: the good sheriff richard mack with me ladies and gentlemen cspua.org we're talking about the incredible event coming up on february twenty sixth, 27th at the woodlands just outside of houston and uh, you can attend cspua.org get your tickets yesterday we're talking about the topics that we might have at the event and we're brainstorming a lot of those topics and assigning speakers to those topics right now I know you say, shouldn't you have that done a long time ago? We're a thin staff, folks. We're doing the very best we can. But the brainstorming is continuing, and I'm sharing the brainstorming with you, my fellow Americans. And if you have an idea of a topic or some focus that we ought to really take on with the sheriffs, uh, then email me, libertyroundtable at gmail.com, and I'll forward the topic idea along. Anyway, I talked about the, the CSPOA helping sheriffs by creating training programs so that member sheriffs, members of the CSPOA, could use this training. And what they would do is they would train the public. And this would serve for the sheriffs and their deputies to get out among the public, have public events where they would speak and train and ask questions and answer questions and rub shoulders with the public and meet them and talk to them. And um, and the training, uh, the reason for the training for the CSPOA is because then the sheriffs can contribute and give input and feedback, and the program can be refined. And if every sheriff does it on their own, then, uh, you know what? Every county has different training. The idea here would be to take on... The issues of the day and get feedback from sheriffs and slowly but surely let a program over time mature as we get feedback from the public and for the sheriffs and law enforcement and to where uh, the program would be consistent across the country uh, and I and I really believe that's a, a service we could provide for sheriffs would they be willing to to carry out trainings like that would they be willing to and and would they be benefited by would they appreciate a curriculum and support like that and, and so that's kind of that topic sheriff
2: No, I like it. Do it.
1: All right. Next one is, um, and this is one we've already talked about for a long time, but I think that we always have to keep it in mind and not lose focus on it. The sheriff's role and responsibility of interposition. The definition is the act of interposing. And we talk about that more. Now, you've mentioned this plenty of times. This is nothing new. But it's a topic that I think we should never uh, lose sight of or leave behind.
2: Right. Definitely. And I'm sure Chris Ann Hall... Uh, who probably is going to be our uh, cleanup speaker after the whole thing is finished. Even on Saturday, I wanted her to take another 15, 20 minutes, maybe even longer, to just to wrap everything up and to reinforce what the entire conference has been about with the sheriffs and public officials. And also, as you know, Michael, uh, Michael Peruca will be discussing that in length in his speech, and I touch on it,
1: too. Yeah, and both of them are constitutional attorneys and educators, I might clarify, so right. people understand if you don't already know. <clears throat> uh, anyway, exactly. so so that's a, a great topic. We never want to leave behind, and we always want to keep that as a running thread through all that we do because this right. interposition, these checks and balances are critical. All right number 10, due process for all, speedy trial, the sheriff's duty to protect and uphold. A lot of times sheriffs are like, oh, yes, and speedy trials are up for debate. You know, it's faster than the last one I saw. Or, oh, yeah, due process there. They already, you know, I'm, I, they, I've been told by somebody else they've already had it there. Don't worry about it. And, no, wait a minute. The sheriff has an obligation, especially if, if an um, issue has been brought to the sheriff's attention, begging for support and assistance. You know what? Is there really due process that has taken place? And if not, sheriff, you've got to stand with the citizen. You've got to say, I demand due process for my citizen Right. Uh, and a speedy trial. You have got to say, you know what? You can't put this. You can't run this guy out of money. You can't. And the sheriff needs to stand up for these rule of law points, whether he agrees or disagrees with the uh, victim or the whatever you want to say in this case, the offender. You've got to stand up for these principles that make America great. Sheriff, whether you like it or agree with it or not, look, due process and speedy trial are critical components of a free republic.
2: Amen to that, and that's a good one, yes.
1: Okay, so I'm not even here to say that the sheriff agrees with the problem. That isn't the point. He may completely disagree. He may say, you know what, I think the citizen's flat out up in the night. But this citizen still has due process, and I'm going to make sure of that as the sheriff. That's what I'm going to do. And I don't care who it is trying to violate it. I'm not going to let him do it. And you know what, let the chips fall where they may. And if the citizen's right, then, hey, great. If the citizen's wrong, at least the sheriff can say, hey, I did my best to give them the American way. That's what we're talking about here, folks. This is the kind of training. This is the kind of feedback from the public that I think is so critical for sheriffs to understand. Eleven, domestic threats. How do we define them? You know, they say I'm a domestic threat. Sheriff, is it true? Am I a domestic threat? You literally have these massive groups saying that I am. It's a flat-out lie. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, in Vegas, I stood up before the sheriff and I said, the Southern Poverty Law Center says me, I'm the biggest, me, myself, and I, biggest hate group in the state of Utah. And don't you guys just feel the hate seething? And the sheriff's actually laughed. And, uh, but I, I bring this up because, look, we need the sheriff's to properly assess what a domestic threat is. How can we deal with the real threats because there are some real threats i'm not saying there's no real threats but how do we assess real threats versus not real threats how can we deal with the real threat while at the same time protecting the rights and liberties of the people that's a hard balance sheriff but we need to dig into that
2: amen yeah good
1: number 12 cspoa de-escalation training Yes, law enforcement is already trained in de-escalation tactics. I get it, but obviously not enough. <laughs> and I yeah. say obviously not enough because every single day of my life now, I hear about you know, cops going off the rails, and they violated this right of this person, that person. And the latest rash that I've seen is cops are literally breaking into women's homes. And the women are naked. I don't know, for whatever reason, they're taking a shower, they're changing from getting home from work, whatever, and the cops catch them naked. There's been a rash of these stories recently. And then they're forced to sit in a chair naked and this and that, or they're handcuffed. And they're, and these these women are suing and winning against the cops. Uh, in Chicago, Lightfoot had an example of this scenario. Um, and I'm just saying, how do we get to that level? How do we get to where we break into the wrong home and a woman's naked and we don't allow her to get her pants on? Sheriff, it's insanity. <laughs>
2: Yeah, especially when you're considering where it's coming from in Chicago, which has had uh, an institution of insanity for quite some time now.
1: I mean, even if you have a cop at the at the door of the bedroom or whatever it is, and a cop, you know, protecting the front door and back door of the house or whatever to make sure they've got the situation under control, ma'am, I'm going to give you a second to put some pants on or a skirt on or a top yeah. on or what. I, I, I'm not trying to make this salacious, but I'm just saying there's got to be a way to have some civility here. For that, come on now. Now, we'll find out if we're in the wrong house or not, but ma'am, I, I, I'm absolutely going to allow you. In fact, I'm going to allow you to get dressed. I'm sorry I have to keep an eye on you. Uh, but, you know, at it, it, it least let her have some dignity for crying out loud. Yeah. Anyway, um, and I know that sounds like, Sam, that's just a goofy topic. I agree, but it shows the extreme of what I'm talking about, though.
2: Well, it also shows that maybe our de-escalation training needs to Go to another level.
1: Wait a minute. Our de-escalation training needs to escalate. Yeah.
2: (laughs) All
1: right. Anyway, so to me, that's a critical topic because, sheriffs, do you feel like, you know, some sheriffs are going to be like, I'm already de-escalating. You know what? I draw my gun after four seconds, not two now. Wait a minute. Hold on. So understand that the gun is the last resort, right?
2: Yeah, it's supposed to be.
1: Okay, so uh, I think some training is in order there, and I don't think they spend enough time on it. It reminds me of the medical professionals. I'm like, how much do you as a doctor spend on diet? And they're like, oh, very little. (laughs) Wait, what? It's kind of like that. I'm not saying they get zero training, but we need more, that's for sure. Because we should not have uh, these cases every single day in the news where there's problems with police. We need to have examples where police are doing great things all the time. And so I'm reminded of a story this lady literally had a domestic dispute. When the cops got there, she was taken off in her car. And then she took off in her car and they had a big old high-speed chase, right? Yep. And when they stopped the woman, they pulled their guns out and everything else. And literally when they came up to the car, she was physically shaking and crying with her hands on the steering wheel so much. She was shaking so much she couldn't even take her seatbelt off. And then they realized that when, when they got her out of the car, all she did was hug the cop. Now, this is an example of this poor woman. I don't know the domestic details. I'm not defending her, not defending anybody. I'm just saying this is an example of where I think 99 times out of 100, when it goes wrong, it's misinterpretation of what's really happening. Yeah. And I, and I think we really need to train and really need to kind of have that viewpoint. Uh, there's a wise man who gave me an idea one time. It's, he said this If you're a servant of the people, uh, you're a minister. For Jesus Christ. So my context is slightly different. He said if you look at everybody around you. As if they're in trouble. Somehow in trouble. Maybe in their heart. In their mind. In their life. In their circumstances. You will over 50% of the time be right. Think about if we treated people that way, Sheriff. And put this big old word up there called civility on the screen. And say, hey. Can we work towards it? Can we achieve it? What can we do to get there? That's, that's number 12, sir.
2: Well, it reminds me of the Bill of Rights.
1: Oh, imagine up, that.
2: Well, they came up with 12, but the states ratified 10, so that's probably what we're going to do.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, and, and again, we're going to look at the other 10 that everybody else submits, and some of mine obviously will probably be dropped. We can't focus on everything. I get all that. I'm okay with that. And we're going to work on it and put it together and do all we can. We got an incredible event coming up and we want you there. CSPOA.org, you are listening to Liberty
6: Roundtable Live. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular The solution to so many of our problems, at all times and in all places, is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids.
10: Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of good will should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win, they lose. Nothing less. Big Q, Little Q. The calm before the storm by a friend of Mejigoria. The strategy of heaven revealed. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm, available on Amazon.com or by calling Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, you go to the CSPOA.org website and here's what you will see. Ready? The County Sheriff, America's Last Hope. A public event, one day only. Our next CSPOA event is near Houston in the Woodlands, Texas, February 26th and 27th, 2021. This training is absolutely guaranteed to provide irrefutable evidence that sheriffs and local officials of every county and parish have the power and the duty to... To protect their constituents from enemies, foreign and domestic, all enemies, foreign and domestic, ladies and gentlemen, CSPOA.org, become a member today and join us at our incredible event. I'm telling you, it will change your life. Now you can say, Sam, you're just involved and you're just saying that. Oh yeah, go there and try it out and see what I'm telling you if it's true. And then you call me up on the radio and you tell your tale. How's that? Ladies and gentlemen, we're dedicated to this cause because we believe it's one of the great, peaceful, restorative solutions that we have at our fingertips today. It is an incredible opportunity. There's 3,000 counties uh, in America, and we want them to be constitutional counties. Now, we always get criticized, and they say, oh, you think the sheriff's just a dictator in his county, and he can do whatever he wants, that he's like a god figure. Lies. Stop. We don't think that at all. We do think there are vertical and horizontal checks and balances, and we do think he's the duly elected official with executive power at the most local jurisdictional reality of governments, which is the county. Now you would say, no, Sam, cities are they're uh, incorporated. Let's go down that rabbit hole. Forget it. What we're talking about is, hey, this is an elected official who has executive authority. And when you look at the checks and balances, you begin to understand he has astonishing amount of authority. Does it mean he can run off the rails and do whatever he wants? No, there's checks and balances, folks. We're not saying he's a godlike king. We never said that. But we do say that he has tremendous authority, and I'll give you proof. Ready? Let me just give you proof. Then we'll turn it over to the good sheriff. Bill Clinton, the top chief commander in the nation, said, Sheriff, you're going to do this. And the sheriff said, no, I'm not. And Bill Clinton said, I'm going to arrest you if you don't, sheriff. And the sheriff said, let's just go to court. That's where redress of grievances happen. Don't get all violent and try to arrest anybody. Just relax, buddy. And they went to the Supreme Court, and guess who won? The sheriff. Need I say more, sheriff?
2: <laughs> that sounded pretty cool how you put that. <laughs> uh, it was really a miraculous thing. It, it certainly wasn't my idea. And uh, there's no question that it was just one of the most amazing things to ever happen to America and definitely to me uh, to be a part of that. And uh, of course, uh, you know the story that uh, I told my wife about it and I. I Totally believed that she was going to talk me out of it and say there's no way we could do such a thing, and she said just the opposite. And uh, so it's it's that that is quite historic too that she uh, endorsed it. And believe me, this would have never happened without the pretty little blonde girl that I've lived with for the last forty five and what is it? So 45 and three-fourths of a year, 45 and three-fourths of a year. would be 46 years in May. And uh, it's, it's just an amazing historical uh, feat. It's an amazing historical fact. Uh, and it reiterated that the sheriff really is the ultimate authority uh, because uh, not only that, the federal government even said that we are the Clio of the county uh, of, in this country. Uh, the chief law enforcement officer. And no, there is no godlike position with that. It is a huge responsibility that the sheriff has uh, to provide peace and safety uh, to every citizen in his county. And he doesn't get to pick and choose. We've told people that over and over. He does not get to pick and choose. The picking and choosing was over and was completed when he took his oath of office to uphold and defend the Constitution. He has to follow his oath, and he must uphold and defend the Constitution. The argument was over when he took the oath.
8: And
1: we're saying to you that that oath gives him tremendous authority. There's no question about it. And we believe we're underutilizing that reality. That's one of the biggest problems in America. Uh, They become puppets, and they become uh, defanged, or whatever term you want to use. They become uh, way too docile. That doesn't mean he's a godlike figure. His oath defines the balance.
2: It really does, and the oath is key to this whole thing, and it's been key to our training. And it was key to me searching, as you mentioned earlier in my own personal story on all of this, it was key to me finding uh, the truth about the oath, the Constitution, and the role that each of us in law enforcement and in government have in preserving liberty. And so, in the Constitutional Republic, we will answer this question, and maybe that's going to be one of my topics. Well, in fact, it is. How do we discover in law enforcement what our role is in our Constitutional Republic? What is our role? Write tickets? Kick in doors? Uh, get all the drug dealers off the streets? What is our role lawfully and And constitutionally, in contrast to what we have actually spent 90% of our time doing. And this, another one, concerns me. Have we in law enforcement ever trained or provide any type of training or ongoing learning uh, situations regarding our oath of office? And, And just that alone would change the landscape of law enforcement. And government drastically. And that's exactly what we hope to do. So maybe I'll, I'll make that a specific topic. I know I always cover it a little bit, but maybe we need to focus on that a little bit more.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this is serious stuff. This is a way we, the people, can get involved in something meaningful. You know, a lot of people complain and they're like twisting their hands and going, man. It's horrible. People have mental psychosis over this. It's horrible. Everything's running off the rails. It's, it's, it's a meltdown. What do we do? There's, no, there's nothing to do. And, and, and people literally are in fear for the future. And, folks, I want to help you jettison that fear. I want to help you double down, triple down. They want triple masks. I want triple faith <laughs> and triple hope and triple desire to say, you know what? I can't make all the difference in the world. I'm just one guy. But you know what? The power of one becomes two. Then it becomes a few. Then it becomes many. And then it becomes overwhelming in its, in its uh, synergism. That's what I want to focus on. That's what I want Americans to look towards. When you get done with this radio program, I hope you go, there is something for me to do. There is hope. I'm, in, I'm encouraged by what's happening here,
0: Sheriff.
2: Yeah, and uh, I want to reiterate that something you just said a while ago. Uh, everybody couldn't can attend on Friday. And it should be that we have a lot of citizens there. And uh, because just what we said at the beginning, without citizens' involvement, without citizens being part of this movement and being vigilant and knowing what sheriffs are supposed to be doing, but all officials, and what we're supposed to be doing, none of this is going to work. And so it's vital that we have citizens involved. And Uh, I will say that we're actually, we've got a guy that asked me to live stream, which we've never done, and I don't even want that widely spread because, or advertised, because quite frankly, I don't want anybody not to attend thinking, oh, I'll just stay home and watch it on live stream. Well, we're going to provide that, but we're trying to keep that away, especially from sheriffs, and uh, because as you well know, being there in person is really where the feeling of Liberty and and the spirit of God will be in that room. And I, sometimes you just can't feel that through a zoom hookup or a live stream.
1: I'm convinced the feeling is so palpable and and powerful that you will feel it even over a live stream. Uh, But I (laughs) agree. There's nothing like, you know what? Humans are social creatures. They're not social distancing creatures uh, for a reason. Uh, and, And that reason has to do with the feeling in the room has to do with the, do I dare say camaraderie? Um, that we experience the the brotherly love is that a phrase I can use uh, where brothers and sisters feel um, accepted and loved and supported by their fellow patriots their fellow uh you know men and women who desire liberty as they do who desire the proper rule of government to peacefully go forward as they do there 's something about that that you 'll miss there 's no doubt about it.
2: Well, I yes, and I and I believe it, and I will I will still say that same guarantee you you said, if you're there, you will feel it, even if you're looking not to, you know, and so, yeah, I I really feel that that will happen. And it's happened every time before, so I'm sure it'll keep Well, up. and
1: we don't want to be cocky about this. This feeling is not because we're great speakers. No, it's this just feeling my is not of because it. the sheriff's a rock star and beat Bill Clinton to the Supreme Court. This is not because Sam Bushman's a talk show host. This is because I believe that God is in this work. And this is because this work that we're engaged in is based on sound, eternal
0: principles, Sheriff.
2: Yeah, exactly. And. Uh, yeah, and like I say, it's my testimony of what I've experienced there in the past, and that's uh, and it is a matter of fact with me. It's not cocky. It's just that's what that's what has happened, and that's what you will feel because that is what has happened every time we've had one.
1: And we do start out our proceedings with prayer. We do start out with a humble appeal to God that we will be civil, that we'll work together, that we'll come to uh, an understanding that we all may learn and grow together and that we may carry out God's will uh, of liberty for the American people. We pray for America. We pray for our leaders. We pray for our success. And I believe that's why it's so riveting. uh, Because you know what? We turn that over to God and then we just do the best we can.
2: Well, certainly uh, that's what our lives should be about. And turning it over to God and just letting the consequences fall where they may. And and uh, some little small town sheriff did that uh, twenty seven years ago, and um, i've I've never looked back since and uh, <laughs> you know, I was really upset that I lost my third election and and uh, i I really looked up to to the sky and said, "I did what you asked me to do, and now you take my job away from me." Yeah,
1: you felt like Tevia, didn't you? Yeah,
2: a little bit. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And and, and ladies and gentlemen, I want to be very clear, too. This is not a religious event. We're not promoting one religion over another. We're just as the founding fathers did saying, we'll leave the keys to theology aside for a second. But we acknowledge there's something higher, something with greater authority than government. And we're going to appeal to that greater authority for our God given inalienable rights. We're going to. And so we don't dive into the keys to theology, but we do acknowledge something different and greater than government without a doubt.
2: Yeah, no question about that, and yeah, it's uh, it, it it might not be, uh, geared toward one religion, but I believe it is very religious and it's very spiritual. Uh, and you know, I believe that the holy cause of liberty is a very religious thing. It's certainly, I believe, ordained by God. He's the one that gave us liberty in the first place, and so there's no way you can ignore. Uh, the religious aspects of all of that or the spirituality of it
1: ladies and gentlemen sadly we're out of time two hours go fast but I'm telling you right now hopefully we have given you kind of a glimpse behind the scenes Uh, hopefully we've given you an understanding of who we are and what we're trying to achieve and why hopefully we've helped you uh, feel the the desire to get involved and to help make a difference All right, we can peacefully do this folks but it's going to take we the people And it's going to take those who we elect to make that difference. CSPOA.org to learn more about the event coming up on February 26th and 27th in the Woodlands just outside of Houston, Texas. Get involved, sign up today. And for Sam and the Good Sheriff, we declare we the people. Along with the grace of the Almighty, we can and will restore America. you got to get involved. Make it a great day and choose the right, will you? We declare this nation shall endure.
6: God save the Republic of the United States of America.